This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but is not limited to, my boy Guapito! Que pasa? Buenos dias. What's poppin', my dude? How you doing? I'm doing good. How's... I feel like I need Matt Berkey to call me out on Twitter uh, yeah, you and know, talk was... about, hold on a second, to, to talk about how awful I play at 2-3. That way... I can get off to a really good start and just start smashing everyone. I was thinking the same fucking thing. I was like, man, I should just start fucking Twitter beefs with Burke, and mm -hmm. then I'll just get just rich. Yeah. It's like start, we teach just you start nothing. sun running. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you did teach him. You taught him the way. He's just not doing it. I mean... He just needs to apply now. We just need to apply. Wow, we should all just start talking shit about Berkey on the internet. I know. Mine are just in real life. <laughs> Tells I me see him right there. Welcome back, Burke. Good to have you back in the studio. Thank you, guys. Anything happen over the weekend? Um, <laughs> I got to play a little bit of poker. Did you know, have fun in the Great North? Uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was uh, it was a fun trip. Hold on, I have to delete the first version of this because we crashed. I heard there was some yeah. collusion, and you chip dumped to Zwan. Uh, I did not chip dump. She <laughs> she fucked me good. Yeah. Um, it was. It was not fun. How do I delete this? What the hell is going on here? I do uh, not know. The machine is alive. Yeah. What about you, Lando? What'd you do this weekend? Uh, lost in a range call spot in the final table. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, tell us about it. Uh, what did I do? <clears throat> yeah, I played poker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got seventh. Yeah. What'd you do, Brian? Anything fun? Yeah, played poker for twelve hours at the Jewel on Saturday. Twelve hours. Twelve hours. That's session. not a tortoise session. Yep, I went. And then I came up a little bit. Did you get back to like the even line? Not quite even. Oh, no. no, no. We were stuck a lot, and then we were stuck a little. So I'm kind of we'll curious. I'm kind of curious what a lot is to the tortoise. How many buy-ins? Uh, it would be two and a half. That is, yeah, about fourteen hundred. Uh, yeah. something like that. That's a lot. Um, is part of the yeah. reason why you stayed a lot because of big you were blinds. stuck? Uh, no, I was planning on playing a long session because I knew I wasn't going to play Sunday. I actually went to see uh, postcard. From Earth, which is really cool with the sphere. I need to go see that. Uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. Everybody that's in Vegas or coming to Vegas should uh, go check it out. Do you feel worse as a human because of it? No, I always knew it was a pretty shitty human. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good turtle, though. Great turtle. I'm an awesome, uh, awesome tortoise. I you know the best tortoise I can be. But <laughs> all right, all right. No, uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of knew like you know the way humans treat the, the way. Earth. <laughs> in general what so. what did you think about like uh so i saw it also obviously mm -hmm. uh and i thought that it was so unnecessary to have the um like the underlying plot or of like we left the, like yeah, they left the yeah it was just like what we did what, you could just show like what's happening. i mean i don't know i think there, there wasn't that much going on you know it was just yeah. like they you, like the the beginning was very strange to me Whenever they just like appeared in these pods, I don't want to give too mm -hmm. much of it away, but yeah. like, you know, they just like appear in these pods or whatever. And then, you know, 
after that, it's like, okay, we're going to basically go through uh, a Morgan Freeman-led journey around the Earth, and we're going to get to see all this shit. And is I'm like, Morgan oh, yeah, this Freeman? Is no, it should be, though. I was going to say, I mean, that sounds great. The, uh, the majority of it, I don't even think it was narrated, right? It was just like kind of... I mean, there was, there was, there was some a little there. bit. Yeah, there was some... There was a mix. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Morgan Freeman should have narrated it. I mean, Morgan Freeman should narrate everything. Everything that's, yes. that's ever. very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that, like, it was, it was really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I thought it was really good, obviously, but I thought what made it good was just the visuals. The visuals are amazing. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it, like it almost feels like you're you're there. Like, yeah, it's just like the whole you're screen on it encapsulates. Like, yeah, the sounds like wild too. The like, sounds wild. Sounds the, incredible. The speakers, like there's speakers in your seats. The seats vibrate, like with you know, so like to 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 give you more of a realistic feeling. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think I remember uh, seeing something along the lines of, uh, yeah, sorry guys, I spilled a little bit of, a little bit of a protein shake on my shirt. Oh no! Yeah, you'll that be right all right. <laughs> Look, I'm fresh off the plane. You know, you guys gotta give me a little bit of a break. Uh, I read something like there's, I can't remember how many, but I, I want to say it's something like a half a dozen speakers per seat. In the arena, yeah. so it's there's, like there's twenty thousand speakers or something. There's over a hundred thousand speakers. Oh, hundred thousand in okay. in the actual venue itself. Right. Because yeah. right, yeah. every seat has like a, a few different speakers in it. And yeah. Man. So it just encapsulates. Encapsulates. Yeah. There you go. Can you explain yeah. to me what the sphere is? It's not just only the postcards from Earth. So that, no, right. Um, the U two is not is doing a residency there, so they U two plays like a couple times a week. Um, and then like uh, the other times they do the postcards from earth that'll run for a certain amount of time. And then after that, something else will take over. I think fish is going to be there. And I think Wait, grateful dead. Is hold on. Fish is going. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So it's funny. I fucking love fish. You love <laughs> so my aunt and my uncle are big 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 fish heads like uh-huh. they traveled uh around the world whatever mm-hmm. just following them for a very long time and yeah. you know they eventually got me into fish and i absolutely love i mean a fish show there would be just insane with yeah. the acoustics with the visuals the like visuals are be, always so be, fucking crazy i went to Absolute madison wild. i went to madison square garden on um new year's eve mm-hmm. and it was Probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And yeah. I was just like, holy shit. I never thought I could get this from I actually never fish saw show. fish live. I like fish. But oh, so we're going. Live. Yeah. We're going. I would go. And it's nice and cheap, too. They never right. overcharge. Oh, I'm, I'm out for fish. What uh, do you mean you're out for fish? Uh, it's not my thing, man. I'm not into jam bands. Oh, my God. You know, you know what happened this maybe, morning? I would maybe go to Orr, but that's like... Uh, even that's kind of like... Dave I Matthews? I think, no, absolutely, not. absolutely <laughs> um, not. You know what happened this morning? <sighs> Mama Joe came by, right? Yeah. And I was in the kitchen, you know, just hanging out. And yeah, I saw this. I had your pan. Yeah. And I was ready to throw it out. And I handed it to Mama Joe. The mm-hmm. one without a handle? Yeah. The, the one it got burned off? And, you know, I actually took a video of it. <laughs> Is it recyclable? <laughs> Mama. <I'm laughs> oh, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Same reason I can't do it. I'm, See, I'm yeah. dedicated to the pan mm-hmm. now. She stopped and said, "This could still be used." Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Well, I got rid of the goddamn pan. All right, it's gone. Well, Burke, do now, you have like do now you, have you like, fucked up because there's hoarder. another one with a handle that I'm gonna just. <laughs> do you have hoarder tendencies? I mean, no. what's going on here? No, like, just, why that I'm, pan I'm looked gonna, like it was? First of all, that pan would have been for the that pan would have been perfect to take on a camping trip. Uh, it's it's nice. It's small. It's Teflon. <laughs> These are all things that are great for putting it over an open flame. I, I don't, I don't get, I don't, doesn't the pan, 
almost become useless once it doesn't have a handle? No, it's the exact opposite, Brian. There's no more plastic to burn. Don't you understand? That was the whole problem to begin with. Now I'm going to have to take the handle off the new one. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, when, when you were streaming online, what was that band that you were playing over? Leroy Towns. Okay. Now Isn't that, that a jam band? No, definitely not. But Leroy they're not, is... They're not a jam band, no. Leroy is very folky. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, it makes me want to start streaming again. That uh, <laughs> just, 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 just to listen, listen to more music. Leroy in twenty twenty. When was the pandemic? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. So at, at the end of the year, Spotify gives you a rap, and they tell you like what your most listened to artist, what the most listened. It was all Leroy. Of course, it was just all Leroy. Mm-hmm. I streamed so goddamn much during the mm-hmm. pandemic that Leroy Towns was like my top five artists all combined. <laughs> the top five songs were like all different Leroy songs. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. Uh, and you know what? I hated streaming online. I truly did, but I I kind of miss it. Wait, you know I miss something? A little bit. What? So when Spotify shows you that, they show you like how Shaw looks great today. I always looks great. I'm a beautiful human being. Go ahead. Um, he looks great. <laughs> this is true. So it shows you like what percentage you were of their listenings. Mm-hmm. What were you? Because I was like point zero 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 one of little baby at this oh, time. Oh man, I had to be like 50%. No, no, no. I mean like you had to be like, this was like 2020. So I don't know that they have these advanced metrics yet. You know, the saber, mm. uh, saber metrics for mm-hmm. Spotify. No, rap. they did because I was literally like, yeah, but that was, you might've been their number no, one. No, no, listener. no, no. It was three years ago. I wonder Who if they it? do you have that. You shared it with us at the end of this year. Conrad? It was not. Little baby was not this year. Okay. Well, whether it wasn't this year or last year, it still wasn't four years. Might've been two years ago. Okay. But either yeah. way, I wonder if it would say, like, you are Leroy Towns' number one listener. Yeah, Because normally does. it puts you in a percentile, but for you, me. it right. might just be, like, you're number one. It had to be me. No one could be more of a listener it, it, Yeah, than you. Uh, honestly, I probably have heard, uh, I, I may have actually heard Song About Life, Beulah May, and uh, Deep Country more than Beave, who wrote them. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. It's, it's, right. it's a high yeah. high probability, yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. Same. Um, speaking of, of live streams, I got to meet uh, a bunch of people in Montreal. So it was actually really great. Uh, I, I I like meetup games for what they are, obviously, mm-hmm. but they, uh, they're tough for me because I don't like to be the center of attention. I don't like to be the reason why anybody's in a room or whatever. Um, but what was cool is after the meetup game was over, which for me is the hardest part, a lot of people would just individually come up and introduce themselves, uh, like one-on-one. And there was so many people who didn't play the meetup game that like came up to me somewhere over the next three days. And was like, the only reason I came was to meet you. It's like, wow, this is insane. Like, that's not a reason to come here, but thank you. (laughs) Um, but, uh, the second picture that you saw was Liam who, uh, I got to play 2550 with. And he asked me for a picture like mid session and, uh, you know, basically like after we took the picture or whatever, he goes, I have to tell you, like, this is so surreal to me when I was grinding five NL on my come up, I used to watch all of your live streams during, uh, COVID and he's like, now we're playing 2550 together. And like, you know, I talked with him a little bit afterwards. He's like really trying to, uh, you know, run through the ranks. So he's, the higher six. So yeah, then he's also listened to a lot of Leroy. He's listened to a lot of Leroy. <laughs> a lot of Leroy. Indirectly, certain yeah. people might actually also be right. uh, their number one fan just based <laughs> off of how many hours of my stream they've yeah. consumed. True. So you went to Montreal, they gave you money, and then you lost it in... I a- lost it all in 2550. <laughs> I got torched. Uh, yeah, I tried to be the good host when I wasn't the host of the game, which mm. seems like a bad, bad endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um... Honestly, what what it was, I, I was I was fine. I was like breaking even, and then I played like a 10k pot where I had ace king of clubs on 
uh, like king seven three rainbow turn queen of clubs giving me the nut flush draw and I bet like three quarters pot on turn and got jammed on by the host and I call and he goes okay one time I'm like cool uh, and the river's just like an offsuit five and he goes two pair and I'm like okay I lose the king queen here I guess and he shows king five off oh yeah and I'm off. like well that's fucking brutal man yeah. <laughs> uh, and the the hand was funny because he like he had been opening the button a bunch on my big blind and I've been three betting a bunch and this time he limps. So I like 10 X out of the big blind. He calls the rest is history. So I lose that pot and I'm down like 7,000, which is only Canadian dollars. So I'm actually down like 1200 bucks. <laughs> and, uh, Not quite. I was just like, well, I'm going to play every goddamn hand until what's in front of me is gone or I get it all back. And then some, and what was in front of me went away. Mm-hmm. It didn't take long. Liam, Liam got a lot of it. Good for him. Uh, yeah. That's why I looked up to you. You just wanted to play with He you. kept 3x potting it, and I kept saying, like, oh, he watched my stream. He must be bluffing. He's never bluffing. This is always fucking had it. Yeah. Except for the one time that I folded, in which case I actually think he got one through there. Just just pay. I tried. I tried to just pay. I did a lot of just paying. Mm-hmm. A lot of just paying. There was one hand where we were playing four-handed with three blinds, and it went button open, small blind call, middle blind call, which was the host, and then I have ace nine off in the big, and I squeeze for, like, 15 bigs or something like that. 20 bigs. Everybody folds except the small blind. And he like tanks. And then calls. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I feel like he's doing something funny. You know, like he, mm-hmm. he, like he was trying to initiate this. And then it happened and he wasn't sure. Yeah. So the flop comes like king three deuce rainbow. He checks. I bet small he calls. Turns a nine. He checks. I check back. Sorry, it wasn't king three deuce rainbow. It was king three deuce uh, two spades. Uh, and I think I had the nine of spades. So it goes like, uh, check, bet small, call, turn, offsuit nine, check, check, river, pairs the board, deuce, and he leads like 3x pot. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going? Oh, and he also like tanked the flop forever. And I started talking about this on the river. I go, you, you seemed like you wanted the four bet pre. You seemed like you wanted to check raise me on the flop. I really don't have just, a hand have to kings. pay with here. <laughs> but like... You know, you know that. Like, mm-hmm. you have to know I can't have a good hand here. What do you expect me to call you with? And somehow, I obviously find, like, how, how do I not just have, like, ace eight here and just can never call? No, I have middle pair, and it's yeah. just like, okay, I can hero sometimes. So I call, mm-hmm. and he just shows fucking aces. Aces. Uh, it's like, all right, guy, yeah. you mm-hmm. got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fucking got me. Like, uh, and then I was getting texts all weekend long. Hey, man, we're firing up another game today. <laughs> <laughs> it never comes like 9-9, nine, nine, you know? It's like the, the, the deuce has to pair, mm. not the 9. If the 9 pairs and then you just punish him for I, playing his hand that way. I, didn't want, I don't want to punish him for playing his hand that way. I just wanted to come like 3-4 and just let me not, just fucking just fold, fold the 3x pot. Like, yeah. I just should never have a call once I check back the turn. Yeah. This is like, I don't have a king here, man. You know that. I know that. We all know that. How was the weather? Snowing? No. Uh, it was frigid. Ooh. With no snow. That's, that, that sounds sucks, yeah. not bad. So I didn't do uh, any ice skating or anything <laughs> like that? No. I, I walked around the city a little bit with Emma. Uh, it's a beautiful city. It's like so historic and, and just like, I don't know how to explain it other than old. Was it clean? Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, extremely clean. Uh, it was interesting. There was a, um, we, we got lunch in this like French cafe and it had these big, you know, it, it almost looked like an old church. Okay. Uh, and it had these big pane windows, and we're, like, looking out the window, and I go, man, there's a lot of police out there. Like, why is there a big police presence? But they're, like, all on bicycles. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, when they're on bicycles, you know it's not serious. And I go, yeah, that's true. 
And then, like, out of the blue, we're just smack dab in the middle of a Gaza protest. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And it was just, like, it was fascinating to watch from, like, behind the glass. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, like, so peaceful and, and so organized. And, and, you know, it's like, we were kind of, like, going through the social experiment of, like, what fucked up lives we live where, uh, you know, we're kind of, like, watching this through the fishbowl. Mm-hmm. And this is so meaningful to so many people on this earth. And it's like, I'm so uneducated on it. I don't know enough to even consider taking a side. Not that I want to anyway. You should just reach out to D-Nags and Bonima. Well, <laughs> try reaching out to D-Nags. Uh, <laughs> mediating that debate would probably be enough to actually get me off of Twitter if that's the end goal. Mm-hmm. If it's like, okay, uh, what you're going to have to do here is you're going to have to mediate the, uh, the, the religious conflict in the Middle East right now, and the representatives are going to be Daniel and Bonimo. <laughs> <laughs> or you can delete your Twitter. I would delete my Twitter. 100%. 100%. Wow. I wouldn't even, I, I, it would take two seconds. But we were like talking about it, and I was just like, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's not that I don't care. It's that uh, it, I, I, I'm not emotionally, like I don't have an emotional attachment to this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that falls so true for so many major issues in the world. Where it's like, it's easy for me to look at something like homelessness or poverty or, uh, you know, people who are um, food sensitive and, and, you know, don't know where their next meal is coming from because like I, that's somewhat relatable to me. It's like mm-hmm. I grew up in conditions similar to that. So it's easy to take that up as a cause. But then you see like this moral, uh, reprehensible actions that are taking place in a whole other part of the world. And you don't even know like which sides which. Yeah. You can't find up or down. Right. It's just like it's so weird to be a spectator to it all. How do you think like people like Bonimo and Dnex gets like such strong stances on stuff like this? Like, uh, I think the way I, that anybody formulates any strong opinion, right? Like you start doing research and you gravitate towards the side. Yeah. I think the question is why. Like I've never understood why people take the time to. Oh, I get it. Like what what's going to happen? Like what's the end goal? Like you going on your Twitter space or on your Twitter. And you think you talk, can have an impact and talking about these things, <laughs> yeah. but that's the thing, though, is like, do no, you Justin's really actually think you're making an impact? Yeah. Justin yeah. and Daniel have both had impacts, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. And, and like, I'll talk about this at the end when I bring up the uh, our, our new segment. Um, take a beat. Take a beat. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Justin has fifty plus thousand followers. Daniel has ten x that. Like. Remember how influenced we are by the algorithm, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even about like Daniel and Justin. Just, just think about your timeline and how often you have information just like stuffed down your throat that maybe you didn't care about, but now you're forced to. If yeah. you ever did any type of research on like that type of situation, then it's just going to be all over your feed. Yeah, to some degree, for sure. And, and you know, it was no different during COVID. It's going to be no different during this election cycle. We're going to be bombarded with a bunch of talking points and information that like. By all accounts, we probably should care about and we should formulate an opinion on, but also like, you know, who has the time, right? It's like, we'd like to just rely on experts and maybe that's why at the end of the day, maybe Bonomo and Daniel aren't the best sources for this type of stuff because maybe they're passionate for their cause, but they're not necessarily going to be as great of experts as people who actually you know, are heavily invested in this one way or the other, or social scientists, or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, to some degree, that's that's kind of where all this Twitter beef spawned from. It's like, uh, when we're staying in our lane, we're talking about poker. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're being critical of, of poker. We're being critical of poker advice. We're being critical of plays that are made. Uh, and it's not, it's not with the same emotion that you would take to the streets if you were fighting for a cause, right? It's just, generally speaking, we're going to be coming from a logical place. <laughs> Man. shout out to uh to barry carter he's just he crushes the meme game man um he also I, crushes end game strategy <laughs> yeah that's true uh i i don't want to get into the twitter stuff just yet i, I know that i'm starting to tangent down that way a little but uh, i do want to bring up something uh else from the montreal trip that was like really meaningful to me that i thought was worth a share um during the meetup game so there were three tables and we all got to play each of them for like 90 minutes or so. Uh, and uh, the final table I got moved to, there was a gentleman to my right who was from Toronto, was just kind of chatting me up. Uh, you know, we we're having a good time. N- nothing out of the ordinary. And then out of the blue, he goes, you know, I emailed you. And I go, <laughs> I go you have to be a lot more specific than that. I get a lot of emails. He goes, well, you replied to me uh, in a very long, honest uh like thoughtful reply and you included the david foster wallace uh graduation speech this is water to it and i instantly knew who it was Mm -hmm. and i don't know why but it's maybe it's because that's the only person that i've sent that to but i just instantly remember i can remember sending the email from princeville Mm -hmm. when i was living with like dan and andy and those guys from my office and i was just like "Ah, i know exactly who you are but like you know refresh me he's like oh my name's ryan and you know i reached out to you when i was kind of like in a pretty dark place uh, didn't know what I was going to do with myself, yada, 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 and all this other stuff. And I went back in my email and I found it. And man, like we had like nine back and forths. And uh, it was so interesting to like, that, that, that was a memory that would have just vanished, right? Like it, 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 it's not that it meant nothing to me. It's just that, you know, it was one of many conversations mm-hmm. that just I've had with people. Passing. Yeah, it happened in passing, right? right. But for him... Uh, I now got to hear this whole seven-year gap filled. And he's basically explaining to me, he's like, yeah, at the time, he's like, I had no idea what I was going to do like with my life or whatever. I was in my late 20s and, you know, I loved poker and I wanted to take it seriously, but I also was in no position to, uh, which he kind of outlined a lot in the email and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, what's happened since? He's like, oh man, so much. Like, uh, I fell into this amazing career. I'm doing really well for myself. I'm engaged now. Uh, you know, I haven't played poker in five years, not because I don't still love it, but just because I'm in Toronto, it's not that accessible. And I have this whole other life that I've built around it. I was like, man, that's really awesome to hear, you know? And, uh, you know, for him to anchor it back at all to that exchange was just like, okay, like at the end of the day, I don't give a shit about anything else. Like I would just do that for, for free forever. Like that, if if the podcast accomplishes nothing else, if Software Wise the company accomplishes nothing else, like those to me are the stories that like are the uh the, the I don't want to say like the 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 winner stories, but like you know like what makes it worth it? Yeah, those are those are the ones that it's like whenever you have a testimonial, it's like that's the testimonial I want, not some mm-hmm. guy who's like I went out and won the next tournament that I played after taking the academy. <laughs> it's like yeah, we're happy about that too, but you know I don't know how much influence we had over that. Right. Right. But I can definitely tell by the sincerity in his voice that like there was some influence there. It's like, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. Like at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're building these platforms for and why we're trying to help. And also, you know, from my perspective, probably why I'm so 
I don't know, vigilant, I guess, about the information that does get passed through the community. It's like, I give a shit. I care, like, when it comes to be it strategy or, uh, you know, whatever else is going to take place ethically, morally, uh, at the corporate level, whatever, like, it matters. And those of us who are fortunate enough to have a voice, it's like, well, if we just remain silent and take a check, then we're not really doing anybody a service but ourselves, mm -hmm. which is pretty brutal. Um, I guess it just keeps coming back to Twitter. Uh, I don't know that I don't know that I'm gonna get a chance to fade it. Uh, actually, let's do this. Let's let's talk a little theory. Um, mm -hmm. so there was a uh, I think I think Lappin shared this. Uh, seen in sports in a long time. This is the okay. Yeah. So this is sick. Um, so this is a 1500 meter women's speed skating final short track, right? And, uh, basically what you're seeing here is the way that it generally plays out. And it's a really long race. I think it's 20 laps total, something along those lines. So it's a very slow pace in the beginning. They all just stay in a pack. And then at the end, they, they have a free for all where everybody tries to catch up. Mm -hmm. Now, what you saw there was, uh, the Chinese skater, she lapped everybody out of the gate. She is she wasn't playing according to the rules basically said like uh this is dumb i'm just gonna blow through everybody right so yeah. she laps everyone now look so now they they this is coming towards the end of the race now and what there is is there's a counter that every time the person who's in the lead crosses the line the counter goes down one for how many laps are remaining right mm -hmm. so she crosses the line and uh the bell goes off for one final lap remaining right they don't realize that they think there's still two. So now they're battling it out for first place. Mm. She just cruises to victory and her teammate who realizes this now with one lap to go instead Starts of two hauls ass, yeah. hauls ass from the back to come in second place. So they get first and second by basically hacking the system. <laughs> so basically what, what they did was... Yeah, since they lapped it, they said one lap left, but that was for her. Correct. Not for the whole not for the group. Because the other group was one lap So for behind. the race itself, yeah. there was one lap remaining. Right. But for the collective group, they had right. two. Yeah. And you could see that whenever uh, whenever they are coming up on the, um, the, the, the final lap or whatever, where they still had one more to go, mm -hmm. they like come across the finish line and stop and slow down yeah they like reach across thinking that the race is over and at that point now the second chinese uh speed skate member picks up the pace and she just blows by everybody who thinks that the race is over <laughs> that's amazing. to now come in second place that, that's amazing it's insane i mean it's it's unfortunate because you can only do it once right yeah like this this will either just become a strategy from here mm -hmm. on out or uh, it's interesting because like from a theory standpoint what's the counter now Right? Everybody just goes hard out of the gate. Right. No, you just pay attention. Well, well I mean, is that, that, that seems too help. simple? No, everybody just have to change strategies. You can't let somebody get a lap ahead of you. Yeah. Right? There's just no way to, there, there's no way to close the gap at the end. That's the whole reason why everybody stays together is so that it just turns into a two or three lap race at the yeah. end, right? But typically that person would gas out. Like you couldn't do this in a 1500 meter like mile. So that's what I was you thinking too. you just bolt for the first 400 meters. Like you're going to be dead coming into the last lap. Well, the reason, the reason is in... Uh, speed skating? In speed skating, it's because of the, how slow the pace is. So the, those early portions, like call it the first 10 laps or 12 laps or whatever it is, the first two-thirds of the race they're barely pushing off 
Like they honestly, I don't even understand the point of a fifteen hundred meter race because the first, I don't know, twelve hundred meters or so. Is, I mean, it's got to it, be fatiguing. Let's not dismiss that. You know, it's got to be a little. No, because they're not competing at all at those at those stages, right? It would be the equivalent of like being able to run a five minute mile and then running a ten minute pace for the first three quarters of a mile, hmm. right? I, I don't know enough about it to really. I mean, if you just watch the video, you'll be able to see they they don't even like really stride until there's two or three laps left and then it just turns into a sprint which is like okay well you know just do a 300 meter sprint seems like it's uh it's just as reasonable you know um but the interesting thing would be the counter right because now if somebody comes out sprinting from the gate like brian said everybody has to sprint behind her Mm -hmm. and then what you might find is something similar to um i'm trying to think what would be a comparable feels like a game of chicken yeah i'm trying to think of like a comparable sport where like there's pace setters and Mm -hmm. it'll just go like fast slow fast slow fast slow kind of thing um i feel like maybe uh this might happen in like distance running uh at the olympics but i I could be wrong i I don't pay close enough attention to to track and field but um but yeah i I mean i think they do it in the 1500 the mile where somebody will set the pace and then after 800 meters they just run off the track right Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, so it'll be interesting because uh, it could revolutionize the sport, mm-hmm. right? Like now, what used to be people who were able to like maintain uh, their their ability to sprint the end, you might need like people who are capable of sprinting both at the beginning and the end, right? Or people that are just better at keeping a a, a faster pace throughout. It's like more. It it becomes more of an endurance sport than a um uh, a sprint type, like right? Burst, which burst of energy which sport, right? Is what it technically. It's meant to be. People yeah, are right, saying yeah. cycling is like this. Yes, 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 yes. I knew that there was something I watched where uh, they do a lot of drafting and cycling. Yeah. And I think that that's, I, I, I think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the indoor cycling especially, I believe. Um, not entirely sure. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I, I thought that was funny. Uh, I also thought that it was really funny that people believed Melissa whenever they said that 21 Savage <laughs> was uh, caught like... Money Taker 69? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious like people actually thought that hundreds of people well not hundreds she has 44 comments Listen, but like every one of those comments believed her literally all you have to do on twitter is hit the caps locks button type breaking colon <laughs> and then something else and people will believe it <laughs> to be true it's very true um <laughs> not to not to spin off that too quickly but i got a weird dm that i sent to the group uh yesterday and uh i i couldn't believe my eyes it was actually mike possel wait what really mike possel dm me and he goes hey i'm in vegas do you want to go play some low limit no limit somewhere what what did, I swear I to God, I sent this to the group. No, yeah. someone's trolling you. No, he said no. It's it's Postle's account, one hundred percent. Somebody hacked his account. Yeah, something. Wait, what the fuck? I am, can't believe I didn't see this. Am I logged into Twitter on your computer, Guap? It says, "Want to go play in a fun action small blind deep stack cash game with me at a small casino in Vegas tonight." If you want to, let me know. <laughs> this was yesterday at five o'clock. Here, I'll 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 send a, I'll snip it and send it. What's up? Uh, I can't. Yeah, technology is great. Oh yeah, it's in here. I see it. This nah, is something smells fishy. No, I'm telling no, you, this is possible. his account. He has 3,500 followers. His account is locked. 
That is possible. everything. Everything verified, and it would be a very weird thing to, uh, I guess, like hack. I don't know. Why would he invite you though? Because he's probably trying to fucking puzzle me, man. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's already it's, scammed them all people who don't know. <laughs> it's, it's probably fucking Poker Night in America house or something. He's been in the back room for the last day and a half. He's already scammed them once, trying to get him twice, you know? Yeah. Oh, he fucked me good that day. Actually, I don't think I lost that much. You only lost, I'm like, gonna clip that. very small. Very small amount. Yeah, I think I, think I lost small to him. Chin got wrecked. And I, I don't think Marley lost, but she like lost a ton of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Puzzle like didn't pay with a pair plus straight the block. Top pair open ender and just like folded oh, nope. to a barrel. <laughs> just like, come on, bro, give me a fucking there he break is. here. There it is. Look, that's him. <laughs> that join, join July. That's him, man. Thirty-two hundred followers. His account's locked. I wonder if it was. It had to be like the Sahara or the Westgate, right? The handle's know. still the same? The actual... Mike underscore possible. He obviously wasn't talking about the Jewel of the South. No. No, that's not deep stacked enough. They would never let him in there. I should have said... I mean, I wasn't in town, but I should have said, yeah. You should have. Check it Why out. Not? See what the hell's going on. Let's get him on, on the pod. Oh, oh no. Let's no. get him on the pod. He's listening right now. He'll be in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We can also, you have an open invite if you want to come sit in the guest chair, man. No, wow. he doesn't. We, no, we, no, yes, he, no, does. he does. What I'm are you talking about? Yes, yes, he does. Yes, no. the fuck he does. You I guys want answers. Him out. I want answers, goddammit. We all want answers. <laughs> it's true. I need answers. We need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you guys miss me? I mean, no, I not at all, actually. Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it, you know. Landon I mean, cooked. Landon, Landon's always cooking. <laughs> Landon's cooking so much that he's going to... He's going to be our, our uh, resident cooker. Yeah, official resident chef. Official chef, chef when it comes studio to chef. Wizard. Chef he's wizard. A wizard chef. Yeah. I like this. Wizard, bro. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, since he's the new wizard chef, let's, uh, let's get to in the muck. We got Guapo in the muck today? I think we have I Guapo in taco. the muck. He's going to be in the muck <laughs> today. Alrighty, so we have a hand from Mr. Guapo today. Guapo's in the online streets, right? Yeah, he's playing correct? 100 No Limit on WSOP. Mm-hmm. I think right, we here have we a, go. There we go, yeah. So I did some late night gamblings. I was up at like 2 in the morning. I'm still okay, on. so you're playing three-handed. Yeah, and I'm playing against my nemesis. I heart double Ds. That's his name. I'm, done, I'm not just saying that. You also heart double D's. <laughs> so, Senor Double D's opens from the button. Pretty easy three bet. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. Hi, I just want to let everybody know how stupid I am. I literally have read this screen name a hundred times and never realized what I heart double D's is. Okay, go on. I'm, I'm so stupid. What the fuck did you think it was? <laughs> I had no idea, dude, but I just never, it never clicked in my brain that that's what it was. I had to. This is right. the same for me when I heard, when I realized that like emo music stood for emotional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Man, that's incredible. My God. Okay, sorry. You guys are the best. That's all good. Uh, so he's not going anywhere. He calls, and we get a flop of Ace Jack Eight monotone mm. board. Um, so usually I would go really small here, just check, um, and not to go on a tangent. This is a mimicked behavior that I do. I, I just know that a lot of people go really small on monotone boards, but I'm not specifically sure why. Like what the theory is behind that? Very static. Um, yeah. 
So I do, I do decide to check. Double D's checks back. We get another spade on the turn, so not exactly great, but we check, and luckily he checks back again. Mm. Here's the uh, pairs. river check again. Signing hand so far. Yeah. <laughs> and double D's <laughs> decides that he wants it. Um, I took a little time here and thought, would I ever play aces or kings or jacks this way? And I think I would. Um, and I decide to put in the raise. Okay. Turn the two pair into a bluff. Uh-huh. Yeah. In your face, double now, Ds. Mm -hmm. I, I think the question here is, I, I try to run this uh, by myself on, on Wiz. And when we get to the <clears throat> river, there is no check-raise line. Um, just so we uh, have a little bit of a spoiler here. It gets through. Uh, Landon, nice. help me you out. How come... Uh, how do I fix this? How do you fix? Oh, you just have to node lock uh, the no. river. You have to you have to node lock river, but you should probably go to my yeah my wizard screen. I was like me look me looking at a laptop doesn't help much. <laughs> um, so yeah, flop is mostly gonna be you can kind of custom like when I one sized it, it's like sixty six or check. But then if you custom one size uh, ten percent pot like small better check, you're gonna be betting a lot more. And the point of why you want to bet a lot is because you get a decent amount of folds. And you're just kind of pushing your equity versus like king nine no backdoor versus like uh, some of these uh, six fives and hands like this that don't really have any equity. And you're kind of forcing them to continue while having some tough decisions, <coughs> as well as them needing to find a raise a good amount of the time. Like, kind of you're talking about the small bet on the flop? Yeah, this is like kind of the idea of small better check is because when you go bigger, like if I just edit this node and I make this uh, go to 66, like it kind of wanted to in the first place. We'll see here that our betting volume goes down by a lot, so you yeah. can't bet nearly as much. Uh, your range kind of looks like what you'd expect it to, though, with like your good hands and then your sets and then some of your bluffs being like the bottom pairs uh, that can potentially bluff later that block sets. But now when we bet bigger, we see that they're folding a lot more, like they're folding 40%. You kind of make their lives a little bit more, e a little bit easier when they have pairs without a spade. Uh, like they just have pure folds now. Whereas when you bet really small, they're coming along with a weaker portion of the range. Right. So the small bet kind of forces them to take a wider range onto the turn where they, you can then leverage uh, your range advantage where you have some of the suited stuff as well as like your decent day sex as well. So now if we go back, as you've told me, you're going to go small better check. We have the small better check. Uh, we see the ace jack kind of mixes you sort of get to do whatever you want with any combo really like nothing's pure and then so, nothing so checking is, here on the flop isn't a ginormous mistake it's not even a mistake yeah. like you're gonna check sometimes some people do default to just playing range bet 10 percent um at the same time checking some hands if you're gonna want to play a check range makes a lot of sense too i don't think there's that much of an ev disparity between playing like a range b10 or having some checks but then you check uh button checks back and we can see here the button for the same reason that you're going pretty small also wants to go pretty small if they're going to stab because a lot of the hands that you have equity with are going to bet 10 percent on the flop and then some of the hands that you're going to check are going to be like straight nothing uh like we'll see here with the straight nothing like king six suited for you is going to be gone the king sevens some of these hands that have zero equity so if you do get called you're kind of in uh like no man's land so the button line wants to go small to make your pairs with uh, without a spade be pretty mad 
So he ends up going for the check. We don't really know what he has. Doesn't really matter. Uh, turns a king. And now we see that uh, the bet size gets a little bit bigger. And that's because now when we're betting, we're mostly only betting sets plus. Like we have pocket 10, or sorry, we have jacks, uh, kings some of the time, aces we still want to slow play, and then uh, very low frequency two pair, but not really. And then your bluffs are going to be part of the... Like kings, it's a weird not really bluff, but at the same time, like what are we hoping for? These are kind of like the weird spooky bets, I suppose. Hmm. Um, like tens, tens betting, nines betting, these are kind of a function of we bet the smaller ones on the flop for the B10, as we see here, and they don't really exist because of the three bet range pre. Uh, so when we look at the turn, we're going to be reopening for this big bet or check, as a small bet doesn't really do very much. As now the small bet, uh, we can kind of edit it though to see. Let's just give quarter pot. Because like it might just be okay, but then kind of how I test sizes is like if you give one size, it's going to find a way to make a strategy. But if you want to give two sizes to potentially see if there's a difference or if it mixes, you can just go here and add another bet size. So now we see that both are kind of getting used. Um, and then like aces mostly wants to go into the small size. Our sets want to go into the smaller size. And then our flushes with the one spade want to go a little bit bigger. Um, and then we see here when we do go for the smaller size, these pairs still kind of has the same issue that they had before. As, as well as like even jack 10. It's kind of tough to play against small size here actually. Where you have like pair plus but still have to continue sometimes and then sometimes... Sometimes raise. I would never find these raises in my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess you can kind of pick your poison when it comes to turn strategy, as like both sizes are acceptable. So like if you want to do like an equity push and then bet your two pair as you still get called by pairs uh, without a spade sometimes, as well as like king queen and king ten and things like this, you can go for quarter. And then uh, if you want to go for the bet 66 with like your flushes and then your low frequency sets, that's probably gonna be a little bit okay too. Uh, so you go for the check, but what I have to do is I have to remove this bet node because ace jack was going pure small in the turn. Yeah. And it doesn't okay. make it a mistake. It doesn't make it a mistake to go small. It just means if you were choosing two sizes, it would like to choose the small size. So if on turn you only wanted to play like quarter pot or check, you'd wanna go quarter pot with ace jack. Okay. Um, so you check. Now this is where when I ran it, um a checking didn't exist right so in this spot now that it's checked all the way down it looks like ace jack wants to block a ton as you just get called by uh naked king x you get called by ace x that's going to check back if we don't and we're not really too worried about if he raises us just our hand is pretty decent as is so as we see it has a bet we're just gonna have to click this little button and then go to instead of like moving the entire strategy to range check you go to set strategy, and then you do check 100. Were you checking pure? You just I think so, yeah. So you just paint over the combo, and then you can just go like that. And now you just painted ace-jack to play a check. Like, I don't really want to touch any of the other combos. Like, maybe you're going to probably check ace-five suited. Probably not find a block. Ace-four. If I just go like this. Uh, and then ace-king, you'll probably block and, like, find a bet. Aces, let's say you check, like, half the time. So right now you're just painting... A little bit of portion of check is that right right i'm painting check and then i'm painting 
block. Uh, like, wait, no, no, no. Zero, 25, let's go 25, check 75. There we go. Now, like, some of the time you're checking aces and playing, like, triple sneak. Sometimes you're going to block kings. Sometimes, I guess, you're going to block sometimes two. So now your range sort of looks like this, I suppose. And I'll do node lock. Click the button. Node was updated. So now we'll see here that ace jack has this little lock on it, which means that you've, uh, you've decided to pure check it. Yeah. All of the ones that I touch kind of have the locks, and they're kind of reasonable node locks, I suppose. Then we check. And then he goes 60% uh, roughly. Um, so his strategy on the end here, he's mostly going to play like an overbet or a check. And the point is like, he needs max fold equity as well as uh, your range is pretty capped here. So he's just trying to target your non-flush hands because you're mostly going to bet your flush hands on the turn. Mm. So he goes for B60. And now on the end, looks like we have a little bit of a mostly call. Because we beat too much stuff and we hope he's bluffing. But sometimes if you wanted to get spicy, you could uh you can go for the you can go for the jam instead of like this raise seventy five. Yeah. Like the raise seventy five node doesn't really exist here, so what I'll do is I'll go like this and then take away the seventy five and confirm. So now we'll see here that ace jack is kinda of getting in there a little bit. So like if you want to jam a little bit of the time, it's okay. Okay. And then uh the main, main thing here being don't fold because you have too much equity versus the size. And if you get shown a flush, you get shown a flush. Nice. So what do we think? Was this a whiz approved or negative? I think if you jammed, it would have been good. I think... So the raise, no bueno. I think the raise not all in is incorrect just because you're trying to leverage fold equity. Whereas if you have a hand like aces or kings, you're probably going to jam. Okay. And the point is you should, making like flushes relatively indifferent as you're repping full houses. Like you see here, like, uh, call it tens. Like, flush is kind of just call. Like he has a royal, he calls. He's a call the straight. Pretty nasty, actually. Yeah, like sevens with a spade, you're making indifferent. Um, sixes with a spade, you're making indifferent. So you're trying to get a better hand than yours to fold. But at the same time, there's so much of the portion of his range that you still just beat with ace-jack. Like, you beat 10-9 a lot. You beat 6-5 a lot. Uh, you beat a lot of these hands that are just going to uh, try to find bluffs on the end, like pocket sixes without the spade. And then uh, you also beat some hands like queen jack that's kind of going for a bluff some of the time. Okay. So well, the check, so the check raise wasn't necessarily a mistake. The, the mistake was just not putting it all in. It's not a mistake. It's just very unnecessary most of the time. And it's more of a frequency play where bluff catching is just going to give you the kind of result that you want. But it, then you never really know because if someone so is like, like when you fold, go for it, you want to you want to really go for it. You yeah, want to put the max pressure hours. on, right? Like, yeah, if you had like aces there, you might want to go really big, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess with your bluffs, you also want to do that. Uh, what would you, Papa? What would you have done if um, he would have found the the size that the wizard wanted the to find? Size? The, yeah, like the so if he goes one fifty on river. You check and he goes one 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 fifty. What do I think, you? I think I just side call. Yeah, you side nice. call, and is that's probably what the what the um the wizard would want you to do as yeah, well. Yeah, machine still mixes. Like it's mostly gonna call. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can sort of fold. Like I would just never fold in these spots on four flushes that check down. Yeah, it's too easy to just have nothing. Right. But then it's the same the same reason why you jammed versus B sixty is as just as a parent 
when you're trying to jam over the overbet. Because if you have aces versus the overbet, you're still going to go all in. Mm -hmm. So the when you choose bluffs in this spot, you want to choose good blocker hands. Uh, and ace jacks being like the main candidate. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have a bluff here, like let's just say you don't find hands like ace four or king three suited or some some of these nonsense three bets that probably don't even exist in the first place. Like if you're going to pick a combo to go for it a little bit of the time, I would just say sure, just take ace jack and then mix it. Like okay. go half and half. Yeah. Because then you'll be bluffing as much as you need to be. Okay. You don't really have to be... Uh, like, you don't have to always see ace-jack here and say, oh, like, this is the one time I have it because now you're actually over-bluffing yeah. uh, in relation to the amount of times you have value. So it's kind of like a, a word to the wise to remember to check your value hands multiple streets where if you always see bet aces for small in the flop or mm -hmm. turn goes or flop goes check-check and now a king comes and you think to yourself that you need to get some value and then you put in a bet, right. now you're going to be devoid of having actually good hands in this line, mm -hmm. which is why the wizard is really good at, like why the solve is what it is, where it's able to have enough good hands enough of the time in the nodes to make in position uncomfortable. But if somebody knows that you never have a full house when you check three times, they can just bet call when they have a flush right. because they're just going to see a blocker hand or yep. some sort of spew. All right, so to put a ribbon on this, uh, what's my grade? I'm going to give you... I'm gonna give you an I'm gonna give you an A minus. Oh wow. wow! I'm gonna give you an A minus because like hey, the only thing it. that you missed here and like mm. it's not that big of a deal is like the jam, but like the, the bigger. Yeah. But principally, you would get an A. Like you get a you get a good grade if you if you piled here, and I don't care if that you mixed for it or not, but like that you tried. Sure. I don't know what fucking world you're from, but in my world, a good grade is a goddamn A minus. As a matter of fact, it's a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like like you play this hand well you know like flop you can check sometimes turn you can check sometimes and then river like you can still go for some check um if you're going for the block like sure it's like can you block on the end yeah like can you also protect yourself in this line yeah sort of because mm -hmm. you kind of went from okay my hand's really good like he understood the main concept of what you're supposed to do with that hand which is the, the most important part getting the correct sizings down you miss it by, you know, a little bit. That that's just uh, that's yeah. Just something blocks that you a could, tough you blocks a tough on one to bit. find. Yeah. Um, blocks a tough one to find on the end, but it's kind of like on the end facing the bet. It goes from like I'm checking because my hand is good and I have showdown value. I'm checking because my hand is good and it has showdown value. I'm checking because my hand is good and has showdown value. And then you get bet and you're like, oh shit, I guess I should turn my hand into a bluff now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, eh, you know, you don't really have to. Yeah. But it's more so. The opportunity is there. A for effort, yeah. Because yeah. you can just bluff catch this hand and be just fine more often than not, mm -hmm. which right. I guess is the big idea. I'll take it. A minus sounds very nice. A minus, I'm, I'm okay with this hand. You've played much worse ones in your life. <laughs> <laughs> As we, we all taught have. you nothing. As we all have. <laughs> he taught him something, see? It's true. He learned something. All right, give uh, give Guapo, give yourself that uh, beautiful. You can you can uh, have you can have mark. the check mark. Mm -hmm. I get I get the check mark. You yeah, can, you get that. You get you the can check you mark. can have it. We'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Bling. I'll give it to you. Accept me, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. Uh. Block is hard one hard to find on the end because I guess if you block and get jammed on, you have to call. Mm -hmm. you have to Did you hear that, Burke? Least. I heard you. A minus. I I heard it. Um, I I would have just check called uh personally, and uh, <laughs> you you don't like check call? No, it's fine. Um, you probably would have bet flop as well, right? Small. Yes, definitely would bet flop. Mm -hmm. Our hands worth something here. Uh, I don't really know what we're afraid of. We should be getting value, but 
that aside, uh, I I agree with Elena. I just can't fathom a size outside of jam. Uh, the like, machine doesn't fathom it either. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, with the size you chose, you only win when you have the best hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's just there's no way you can make a spade indifferent there that chose to bet because like you have to remember the eight of spades isn't like betting, right? Like it's just small low frequency uh yeah mm -hmm. whatever whatever there's a threshold my point is like you know you're not like bluffing off the deuce of spades is that just like doesn't bet it's not gonna bet pure or any of these or it's not gonna bet at all yeah, like, deuce, yeah sure. you know at some point there's a threshold where you can no longer get value what, what made you choose that size fear <sighs> that's uh, i didn't I, it's funny that matt said that but i mean I, was, I, I figure i'm like well Fear. If he calls me i only lose 50 I, exactly this <laughs> is what i thought that, so like i i did ask that question with uh, you know, thinking I might get that answer is like I feel like it's like it was like a hedge in your head, yeah, right? It, it, yeah, it is. I'll be honest. I also right, think right. it's like repetition. Just like he's used to raising three x, four x, like in most spots. So it's like but you don't go at it outside of that. Right. But specifically yeah. in this spot, it was fear. It was just like, all right, I'm gonna go for it here, but I don't want to like really, really go for right. it. Right. Yeah. Just go for it. You know, just do it. You just have to represent. You have to have what you would have if you had value. Mm -hmm. Like the best way to make kind of not bluffs get through type thing, but try to make your bluffs replicate your value. Yeah. Where if you have aces in that spot, you say, okay, like I probably want to go all in here. And like, it's a different kind of mistake where if you take aces and choose the size you chose, where now you're actually just making an EV error because you're not getting it all when you have the best hand. And the machine doesn't want to play in ways that it can't get stacks in if it's possible. Yeah. It also probably helps that I play with this gentleman all the time. So that's yeah. true too. Yeah. So like if you just have ace jack there and you want to go for it just pretend that you have aces pretend that you have jacks like okay five jacks i'm all in because i need him to call it the flush gotcha so i'm all in good breakdown thank you landon mm -hmm. excellent job landon we like you now as the resident whiz mm -hmm. this is gives this you 15 what, minutes is, off yeah the resident whiz i wouldn't say 15 but yeah this is this is what you were born to do kid it's very clear um all right we have a few more things to cover before we uh, I just want to say get out give of here. A, go ahead yeah no, no just just a, Thank our sponsor, GTO Wizard. Oh, that's right. Hit, you know, hashtag Wiz Wizard. Wizard. Hashtag Wizard in the chat. That's right. That'll uh, that'll get you a little bit of. Uh, a, I don't know if it gets you a discount or not, but it gets landing a little kickback. Also, if you are <laughs> in the muck, <laughs> that's right. Let's go. If you're in the muck and you'd like to make a submission to us, head over to our Discord channel. We have an in the muck uh, channel there. You can go to at only or sorry at solve for why. TV on Twitter. It's our pinned comment, or you can hit hashtag Discord in the chat, and that'll give you the link to uh, get you to our Discord channel. By all means, get over there. We have a great study group that is ran by one of our students, Chi. He's uh, he's fantastic at this, and uh, you know there's a lot of value to be had. Get involved We're in the free. community. You know it's all free. Gotta love free. Um, we got a few more things. Uh, let's let's do the uh, Twitter Tuesday poll. I know you guys are probably wondering what's going on here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag a little bit because this is our third week in a row now that we haven't revisited Twitter Tuesdays. Uh, what we're doing is we're leading up to award show season, and you guys are voting on future awards that we're gonna do a show on. So this week is who had the best use of wind in 2023, and we have three competitors here. Uh, we have Charlie Carroll's Healing of the Inner Child. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this is a clip of him uh, doing some sort of meditative breath work, humming. Um, you know, doing the, I can't do it. I want to try to do it. We're having technical difficulties. Uh, I, I mean, he, 
He asked me seven <laughs> times when we were, when we we're going to use it. I told hey, him seven listen, times. If OBS Twitter decides Tuesday. to act up, there's oh, really not much I can do the about program. It. No, it, oh, come on. Yeah. After you've been in my uh, captain's chair, I think Look, you I get know it, man. these things I get happen. It. Uh, Let's fill, see what Charles here we go. Tough. There he is. <laughs> I think we nailed it. The fuck is yeah. this? The best use of wind, possibly. Okay, How does he do that? Keep stop. your headphones gotta, on for this. Stop. How that's does he much. do that? This is absurd. Do, no, I mean that's impressive. Yeah, though. what are you talking about? This like, is, how this do you get great. your voice to do that? Like, it, it doesn't sound real. It sounds like a like a robot or something. Yeah, I have a headache. No, you don't. Is Something this uh, so goddamn contestant dramatic. number two here? Contestant number two. No, that's contestant number three. Contestant number two is breathwork on featured table day six of the main. Uh, so In two quicks out. Okay. Yeah, we'll do like three it. of them together, yeah? Okay. So mm -hmm. you can follow my lead. It goes. Right, everybody, everybody, don't look at your cards. Oh, card, this is so it goes like this. That sucks. Was this Torelli? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Wim Hof is right, gives you energy. Okay. Jesus Christ. All right. All right, on three? Let's do it on three. One. Let's two, all do it, guys. Three. Let's all do it. They're actually all doing. I feel right. energized. I feel good. Yeah, I feel great. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel good. Is that yeah, what Vampin mm -hmm. needed to fuck him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was what it took. Uh, and then finally, Fartgate. All right, let's all do this one too. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple live streams. At least fifteen. Yeah, it's about twenty. Aaron. Yeah. Oh, I see Johnny Peters. God. Call me action. <laughs> This one wins all day. It's not even gonna be yeah. close. I mean, you know how it goes, bro. Like fart humor is just it. Like it's unbelievable. It's it's we'll, a it's we'll a tough always one. Always be children. Uh, feel free to write in your other vote. Um, all right, we we gotta. I guess we gotta get into it a little bit. Oh, uh, actually, I I I guess we alluded this. Uh, eluded, 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 eluded. All the Taylor eluded. Swift uh, yeah, stuff yeah. that happened. Is that what you're talking? What about? What does it mean to evade? Elude. E-L. E yeah. Okay, yeah. Elude. I, evade. I got that right. Yeah, evade. Elude to elude. means to refer Correct. to. Correct. Okay. I, I was just double checking my, my math here. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> math. We, we, we left this off at the beginning, but it was uh, it was supposed to be a part of it. Uh, obviously, huge congratulations, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> but this was something that I wanted to get out in, in the early part of the show, and I completely it slipped my mind because we were talking about Canada. Uh, I, I want to clear some things up with like the way all of this broke down because I saw you guys' coverage of it. I see what you guys were doing here. You know, it was it was a lot of you know, a lot of this. You guys were really having a good fucking time here, weren't you? Um, <laughs> what are we not? Uh, that's true. So big shout out to Jonathan. He won the 25k uh, Poker Cup Championship as well as the uh, overall leaderboard, which I'm not sure what the leaderboard. Gets you, I think it's like a 50k bonus. It gets you or 25k like. this time. 25k this time. Okay. So, uh, big series for him. He had two W's, a 10k, and a 25k win, uh, as well as uh, Saliba was at this final table. And got third. Uh, Zachy. He got third? Yeah. Wow. So they came in sixth and seventh and got third and first. Is that right? Something like that. Something, I think they came in bottom two or maybe fifth and seventh, something like that. Um, so, big final table for both of them. Congratulations to all those guys. I want to make it abundantly clear that, like, this has never been like me somehow shitting on Jay Little as a player or coach or anything along those lines. Like that wasn't the intention of the initial uh, quote tweet or whatever, or even the initial segment where we covered this. 
I just think that it's important when people talk out of pocket to call them call them out on it, right? And I think we kind of got to the root of it where uh, he was just quote quoting Dnegs, I guess. Like it's very clear that nobody did their research on the the original tweet because there's no formation where Ace Ten is worth 0.6 big blinds uh, in a single race. Come up with source. I made it up. Yeah. I, well, look, I get it, man. Nobody speaks more more hyperbolically than me, right? Maybe Daniel. Right. And so that's ultimately <laughs> what this comes down to is uh, I guess Jonathan heard Daniel say in an exit interview at the Super High Roller Bowl that he check folded Ace 10 in a single race pot versus Nikki P on Queen 9 4 Rainbow. Uh, and something to the effect of like he doesn't care if it's worth 0.6 big blinds or not. Like, fuck the sovereign nerds. This is just a good fold because Nikki P's world class and he's going to outplay me on later streets. Is he going to barrel turn pure always? Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's like that statement in and of itself is completely reasonable. Nikki P is world class. Uh, he's going to put you to the test. He's going to make you make all the tough decisions. And the less perfectly you play against a player like that, the more likely your mistakes are to compound. You're speaking of Palma, right? Stop. Yeah, that <laughs> you, you, you guys derail in the worst fucking way. Like, don't honest, love like, me in that group. At least be funny. Like, that's just not funny. Um, you're lucky I don't start funny. talking about Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thinks of Nikki P as being Nikki Palma. <laughs> that's uh, why it was funny. No. So, um, so basically, like, like that's all true. But like, we're talking about you know when when we're on the edge of a fringe, right? Like, Ace Ten, I think depending on the formation, depending on ICM and everything else, at Chip EV, it's probably worth somewhere around like 0.1 to 0.2 big blinds uh, if if it's wide versus wide, like button versus big blind, cutoff versus big blind, something like that. You can't fold button big blind. I mean, sure. sure, but you're not giving up that much pot share. Like if we're talking 0.1 big blinds now, we're talking about giving up like 3% pot share. I think it's more of the idea, the strategy being used as a whole. Because if you start folding ace-10 on queen-7-4, now you're folding king-10. Yeah, of and course. now you're folding other of hands. Of course. So Obviously, that's my larger point to be had. But I'm trying to, to make the case for where the, the crux of this, like the, 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 the heart of this statement comes from, right? And the heart of this statement comes from the fact that like when you're playing in the zero EV nodes, if you're against tough competition, exiting is not that bad. Right, exiting a near zero EV node, not that big of a deal, uh, especially whenever you have a lot of compounding risk. So the deeper you are at an early zero EV node, the more compounding risk there will be trying to navigate, uh, you know, multiple streets with this portion of your range. So kind of whatever, you know. Go ahead. No, like you can't it, take it. It really can't. It just, I can't. Like, he can't even. Like, he, can't, he can't even like let me get through. Just, Go ahead. No, like but, it's true that. There is compounding risk. At the same time, it does give a lot of advantage to the imposition player in this case. Well, it gives advantage, but it's not a, a lot. lot of, what no, is a lot of it? Because not now, necessarily. If he doesn't correct for you overfolding early, then that's true. That advantage is neutralized later. It's not given up, but it's neutralized, right? Because he'll have too many barrels on the later streets. Against a range that's too tight. You get some back, yeah. You, you, I just don't know if you get all of it back. You definitely don't get it all back. Can unequivocally say you probably certainly do not get it all back because you're too imbalanced. But you don't lose that much either. And that's the point. It's If you're outclassed, how can I navigate being outclassed? And the simply... This the, is the pick your spots kind of argument. Sure. 
Sure. But right, like play more in position, give up these zero V spots, try to find a better spot later. Like the spot's not worth much. You will get not lucky enough, but the way tournament poker works is you'll get a spot that is worth maybe a big blind or two. Right. Instead of trying to find this point X big right. blind. Okay. So point being that Daniel said something very hyperbolic in the moment that Jay Little quoted verbatim and didn't assign to Daniel. Right, He just quoted it verbatim, took it out of context, and made it his own. And it's funny because somebody in the chat said, and I actually probably think this is true, said, I've heard rumors that Jay Little has a social media team and he actually didn't write the initial tweet, which makes a ton of fucking sense. <laughs> right? They're just scouring for things that they hear poker players say. Daniel's one of the most respected voices in the industry. So they take a hyperbolic statement, they turn it into fact, and they just blanket it as... Uh, you know, if you look at a solver and Ace-10 winning 0.6 big blinds in this spot, uh, you can actually fold and do better for yourself than you could if you called and tried to play layer streets, right? So obviously, that's my problem with it, is yeah. that it's, it's a nonsense statement whenever you quantify it, right? But if you, if you qualify it correctly and say, like, whenever you are in break-even decisions, uh, trusting yourself to make a better decision now than later is going to be fruitful in the near term. But to your point, it's not a complete strategy. Okay, all of that out of the way because that's just the heavy lifting. That's just the that's just the I want to make it abundantly clear. I was never attacking Jonathan as a person. I was never attacking Jonathan as a coach. I was never attacking Jonathan as a player. I'm happy to see him succeed. It doesn't bother me one bit. Are you serious? What happened? Can you do like what were we saying? <laughs> Christ almighty, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what, well, what are we doing here? The volume was up a little bit by accident. What do you mean, Christ? Uh, so at, at the end of it all, like the 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 main reason this whole thing started was because I personally feel some sort of pull to speak out whenever people say things that are just bad information for people who won't know better. And if you look at the replies to that initial tweet, even though Daniel said you're missing the whole crux of this statement and what really matters is that if you're in a very tough decision early, passing on it to avoid tough decisions later is actually good advice. That may be true. But just look at the replies of how few people in that comment section understand how big of a loss 0.6 big blinds is. And that's a huge, huge metric to take away, especially if you're a teacher. Right? Especially in the five big one pot or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if you are an educator and you see that you you put a tweet out that has an error in it and almost everybody in the comments agrees with the error, right? Like to, to parallel this, if I'm in the bodybuilding industry and I say something to the effect of uh, you should eat one gram of sugar for every pound of body weight that you have when I meant you should eat one gram of protein right mm -hmm. and I just say that and I leave it out there and the comments just start rolling in like yeah that makes a lot of sense because muscles are fueled by glycogen and like they find all these reasons to rationalize away why you should be eating more sugar 200 grams of sugar a day or whatever the case may be <laughs> more sugar is better right and then eventually somebody goes like somebody in the industry goes absolutely fucking not you definitely should not be consuming that amount of sugar like you're going to go into pancreatic shock let alone get fat you know and then the original poster goes oh but you knew the crux of what i meant 
Like, you knew I was just talking about muscle development and you need to fuel them, right? That's very unfair because the audience doesn't have that nuance. They don't have that nuanced understanding of what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole point here is that uh, what what I was trying to have as a, you know, granted I was, I was very maybe uh, uh, a, a little bit harsh in, in the tone that I took, but the whole point is that like, there needs to be some level of accountability whenever you're putting advice out to people, right? Like, and, and you know, I don't speak lightly or, or on the mic. Like, I'm wide open to criticism. Mm -hmm. I know that we're going to get criticized for things that we say because sometimes I do speak hyperbolically, and you know, that's fine. If Only you, sometimes. If you take it literally or out of context, like that's a, a fair thing to criticize me over, right? Uh, we need nuanced conversations and things of this nature. So, the big thing is, is like. Uh, I think people were like dunking on me like, oh, how do you feel now? Like pokercoaching.com is just crushing it. It's like, yeah, man, they're really fucking good at MTTs. Mm -hmm. Like they have Brewer, they have Saliba, you know, Jonathan's done well for himself in Brock's the high roller in arena. Brock's in there. Like they have four guys that are regularly playing the the, the high rollers at Poker Go. They have Zobian's another... in there. Shots are Zobian. Yeah, they have another like class of guys that have been crushing it in the open fields like uh, Aflac and, uh, you know, Zobian kind of plays uh, across between the two. It's like they've built their roster around guys that play MTTs from top to bottom. Okay, that's that's fantastic, you know? And it's like, what do you want me to do about it? I play cash. Like, what did you expect to have happen, you know? Um, and I think it's, like, really unfortunate that Hunt kind of got dragged into the crosshairs and then indirectly, like, Brokus, uh, Ewan, yourself, anybody else who's, like, put out content for us. It's like, guys, like, you know, it's not about going out and scraping the community for the biggest winners of all time and then having them divulge their strategy to you because that's not going to happen. You know, there, there's, no, there's no shortcut to becoming elite. Yeah, there's also just a difference between being a coach and being good at poker. Like, it doesn't, there's not always a right. parallel. Right. Some people are really good at poker and win for themselves, and then mm -hmm. when they do coaching content, it's not as good. Or yeah. Some people don't win as much, but are really good coaches. Yeah, I actually remember having a specific conversation with Matt about something about boxing and then throwing left hooks. And, and I'm saying that, man, I, I would want Oscar De La Hoya to show me how to throw a left hook. But being a great boxer doesn't exactly mean that you're going to be a great teacher at showing someone how to throw a left hook. And that yeah. kind of, that, that resonated with me. Yeah. I, I mean, like when it comes to Hunt and Brokus, I would, I would put them head and shoulders above so many individuals that are more accomplished than them in the playing space. Because like when you're, an elite player, that is your priority, you know? Like, learning the game yourself and then actually being able to distill that information onto beginners or intermediate players is a very, very, very different set of skills. Yeah, know? and not the whole, like, he does or doesn't have points, but some of the things that kind of piss me off personally <laughs> it's like when daniel tries to talk about some of these icm concepts where it's very clear that he's just incorrect yeah i mean the nines thing like you know we can go back and forth on it a, a million times over and he spent a lot of time like appealing to authority of why i'm wrong because i don't play in the arena but like that's kind of the whole point still waiting for the cross book on a poll from the people that play the tournament right like that's kind of the whole point is like i don't play tournaments and this is still such an egregious <laughs> icm error that i'm able to identify it and like yeah i offered him a bet it's like you know we can get the top 10 money earners in in the industry uh on the gpi or whatever and just poll them and i'll spot daniel his vote like he's in the top 10 
he can have it that he thinks he played it well. I'll take the other, you know, we can pull the other nine. And I'm very confident that they're going to say it's a big ICM blender. So it's just like, to not be open to that sort of feedback, obviously then creates both of us digging our heels in and just absolutely going apeshit for the better part of four days. <laughs> and it's like, you know, at, at one point this just kind of became a game, right? Where it's just it like, it felt like, I'm just going to lean in, mm-hmm. you know, it's like this, this I'm guy sure you both did the same. I don't think so, man. I, I'm not based off of the text messages he was like sending me privately. Like he was just like angry texting and tweeting. And uh, I don't know. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like he was having a good time. Man, mm. it is that hard in between where like you can criticize somebody's play for being an error, but it doesn't mean you hate the person. Somehow like that gets lost so much in translation. Where yeah. It's like, someone makes an error. It's like, yeah, this is just an error and that's okay. No one hates you. No one thinks you're bad. This is just a fundamental mistake. Yeah, if that were true, you and I'd be out in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like don't like don't yeah. get me wrong. Like anyone that plays poker is gonna make huge mistakes all of the time. Mm-hmm. And if for nothing else, it's almost poker's the weird information game where like the more everybody knows, the less money gets uh taken from the best. Right. Because if everyone just played well, right. And the more mistakes no you make, the better you're gonna get. You're gonna understand your mistakes well, it's and then opportunities get... to learn something. Right, absolutely. But now it's part of the whole I know that I'm right because I've seen the spot and I know how somebody functions versus you. And then that's a completely different conversation because if you think he opens any ASEX off, so does the machine, but the machine doesn't open hands like seven, eight suited. So clearly someone's opening too wide, even mm-hmm. more than the solver is, which means nines is more of a call in this spot versus Jesse than the solver. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know, but logic and reasoning. Let's just we don't know what he window. knows. You know, what, what, like honestly, Does he like, have white magic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trolling when I say that. Like, uh, if he had just like chalked this up to look, I have a very clear read on Jesse specifically. Like, uh, okay, fine. I mean, the thing is, is that like in order to say that, you still have to acknowledge first and foremost that it was an error. Sure. Right? Like, if we could just agree on that, that like fundamentally it's a mistake, but you made an exception because X, Y, or Z, like, bro, I'm all about street poker. Like, you good know, example like, being freestyle. the hand he played against uh, Jesse when he had nines, and he opens nines on the button, and then Jesse threw bet small blind, and then Daniel was called button. And he just wrote, like, this is a very clearly a solver mistake. The solver goes broke every time. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run the solve and see what happens. And it's just a 50-50 call and jam. So just saying that the solver goes broke every time and loses is just like very clear, like kind of ego play of like, I didn't go broke here, but the machine would. It's like, no, the machine also would play calls here. But it's very clear that you can't just bucket things in the ICM because it works for or against you. And that's what seems like what is happening here. And that's kind of suspect, to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's true. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to beat this to death. That wasn't really why I brought this back up. Uh, I brought it up because I think it spiraled to a point where uh, it's not funny anymore. Like I consider Daniel a friend, uh, and you know now all of a sudden the you know let's see heads up for rolls kind of thing, blah blah blah, and all this other stuff. I, I don't honestly like the last two days. I haven't even really paid attention to Twitter. I don't know how much this is spiraling. Uh, and I know that we kind of led with the, is it going to happen type of thing? Like, look, I don't, I don't care about these heads up dick waving contests. Um, I will say that like getting to study, train and play Nick ended up in hindsight being a very fun endeavor and it was a nice new challenge, but I also recognize like how time consuming it is. So it's like, uh, 
is there a world where Daniel and I are going to like battle this out on the felt? I think it's like really low probability. Um, you know, I'm certainly not going to play in a tournament tournament format. Like I have zero interest to learn that. Although I will say uh, with as much shit as he's talking, he is giving me some inspiration to like actually <laughs> want to dedicate a significant amount of time to studying MTTs. Spite win. Mm. No, that's the problem. That's that's <laughs> what that's what keeps stopping me from doing it. Is that I know you can't spite win tournaments, right? Can't. Like uh, I I know that I can bust my ass and get good. Jonathan Little, tell him well, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, but like I just know how this works. Like I could actually bust my ass to where I think I'm a good MTT player and mm -hmm. still see no results, and that would be so frustrating because it's taking so many hours away from playing cash. Where you know I do feel like pretty established. I had. You know, one of my better years last year, obviously, a nice yeah. shout out to Nick Airball. Appreciate That's it, my man. That's a very real issue where you get really good and you might actually be winning in the field and someone's losing, but then they win and you lose. And now mm -hmm. you have to deal with, you've been playing in the studio for three years and you haven't won. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, look, <laughs> I'm not going to have that kind of dedication to it. You, you know what I mean, though. Right, but even, yeah, I, I will say he's lit enough of a fire under my ass and I, we've seen Daniel do this time and time again throughout his career where he's reinvented himself. He's lit enough of a fire under my ass where it's like MTTs sound intriguing again. But the same thing happened to me last year where come April, I wanted to make bracelet bets and I was like, this is the year I'm going to put in all the volume at the WS. I played six events, <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, like cashed in like five of them. <laughs> yeah sure to break to break even uh but you know at the end we of the day it's like that. my bread and butter is available to me more so now than it ever has been uh i have high stakes cash games you know three out of five days a week or four out of seven days a week maybe mm -hmm. on average um tv games are popping up more and more than ever like there just isn't really that much of a need for for me to get into a dick waving contest and though uh, though like Daniel did study a bunch for the Doug heads up match and probably feels relatively established in the heads up arena which he is by all accounts by the end of it he was a great heads up player and by all accounts uh, of of me versus airball I just wasn't by the end um, I still think that like there's probably little desire from his side to play a long drawn out live deep stacked heads up match right like because that would be what would be appealing to me if we were going to do it like if i were going to put time into playing say 100 hours or something along those lines and actually studying it and working hard for it like i would want it to be live like live is enjoyable to me i don't want to grind online i don't want to go through the insanity that uh was COVID all over again and i definitely don't want to play shallow like you know 100 big blind relatively solved game that he has uh, 50,000 hand sample heads up or, or uh, head start on me on doesn't really appeal to me at all, right? It's like I would much rather play smaller stakes and deeper stacked, like, you know, 100, 200, 100K effective, something like that. Uh, that that would be a lot more interesting to me than playing like, you know, 200, 440K effective or even 200, 480K effective. Like, it's just so much more... Uh, I don't even want to say favorable to him because it's like, whatever, I could study hard and catch up, but uh, it's so much less interesting to me, I think, than like all the new formats that are coming out. So I'm saying all of this because uh, I think it should be clear at this point that though he and I strongly disagree and though he went down the path of, you know, personally attacking me, um, this isn't 
necessarily what it appears to be optically to the public. I don't think, at least not from my perspective. Like, I don't hate Daniel, and not not the way that I hate Airball or hate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Airball was your best friend. I mean, yeah. there are things I love about Airball. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Everybody needs a whale, but where does uh, Doug fall on this scale? Of like and dislike? And between him and Nick. Oh, uh, I hate him more than Nick. I've said this a lot on record. Like, I respect the fuck out of Doug. Uh, specifically as a poker player. I just have very little respect for him as a man. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that those two things are, are very separate. Whereas like Airball, uh, I don't dislike him nearly as much. Yeah. But I also don't respect him as either. Like, I don't really respect his poker game at all, and I don't really respect him much as a man either. So it's just like, he's Over just... Two. Yeah, he's just like a thing. You know, he just kind of like exists. Where it's like, Daniel, I respect on all fronts. Uh, or at least I did, you know? And this this interaction kind of soured things quite a bit. But uh, it, it's not to the degree where, like... You know, this whole thing was taking place, and there have been plenty of times where on Twitter, there's been some sort of back and forth that I've been caught in, and I felt emotional about it. And like the whole time this was playing out, like I didn't feel any. I was like laughing at some of his, his, uh, you know, attempts to 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 discredit me or whatever. It's just like, what are we even doing here, man? Like, this is so laughable. We're talking about a spot that can literally be measured, and you're basically saying like, shut up, you don't play these. So it's like, you know, I mean, come on, that's not. It's my it's not ball. A good I'm going faith home. Yeah, it's like just not a good faith debate. And I even said that on day one. I was like, you know, it's a shame that you both entered and exited this debate in bad faith. And at that point, I had planned to stop talking, but but then you didn't. Well, he didn't. <laughs> the next day was the the whole like oh, I saw you, I saw you guys memeing the pocket nines. It's like you know, it, it was just like everything seemed about saving face. And uh, I get it. I look, man. We're fucking old. We're old. The game's passing us by. Like, it's a tough fucking look out there. You know, you wanna, you wanna be able to keep up with these young kids. You wanna be able to eat the ace five for all of it. And no, you just, shouldn't do that. You go broke. That's what Daniel would say. Well, that's what old people say. You know, <laughs> I'm old too. I say don't fucking eat it. There's better spots, kid. Wait for the ace king. Scary enough getting in with ace king. Fuck. Scary. Enough. You usually lose the king five when you do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on this before uh, before I wrap this? Seems like an end scene. Not much yeah. else to say here. No. Yeah. All right. I want to. This uh, is your fight, man. We're over it. All right. Fine. <laughs> I, I gave you guys a chance. That's fine. We're over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to. I want to introduce this new segment. Uh, I don't know how often we're going to go with it, but um, it'll be something that we close shows with here and there. It's kind of in the vein of Scott Van Pelt's One Big Thing uh, or the sports reporters have used to watch that. They're parting shots. The idea is to just give the mic to anybody who wants to have a, a bit of an op-ed and kind of like tackle some sort of thing that's on their mind. Uh, today, it, by the way, we're calling it Take a Beat. Uh, today, I want to take a beat and I want to address the recent back and forth with D-Negs. Uh, and I want to get into this a little bit deeper than maybe I just did. Kid Poker is synonymous with poker as Babe Ruth is with baseball. He's an everyman. He began as just another kid with a dream to strike it rich and somehow through the right combination of hard work, resilience, and good fortune along the way, he not only survived three decades in a merciless industry that's designed to beat you to your knees, but he thrived. Not just becoming a Hall of Famer, but as an ambassador and face of the game for the past 15 plus years. There's little debate, there's little debate 
to what Kid Poker has done for this game and continues to do throughout making himself accessible to fans day in and day out. I'm no different than you guys. I remember vividly my early interactions with Kid Poker. Long before he knew my name, he actively seemed interested in absorbing what the younger guys who were caught in the grind were actually thinking when they're at the table. Over the years, we played far less together as my attention moved to high stakes cash and his remained on MTTs. But through mutual friends and a similar love for the creative aspect of poker, we stayed in touch. Always pleasant, even when we disagreed. There were few people I liked and respected more than Dean Eggs. This only amplified as I watched him get dragged for years by Polk, who I had my own battles with. In recent years, the game has changed drastically. Those of us that now represent the older guard have had to battle in order to keep up. Throughout a pandemic, uh, which forced us back online, and I, for one, can say that imposter syndrome was an ever-present voice, creating doubt around every single decision that suddenly felt like it was under a microscope for all to see. As he has done time and time again in the past, Kid Poker reinvented himself. Dean Eggs took on the world in the form of a heads-up battle against the self-proclaimed supreme leader, who built his career feeding off the ego of lesser opponents. Though the result was a costly one, the million was a small price to pay for the respect that Dean Eggs earned in return. He took on the best and he held his own. But throughout it all, we started to see him crack a bit under the microscope. Outbursts of rage during live streams, outspoken takes on social media with no concerns of the fallout it may bring to those he put in the crosshairs and even threatening to feed someone's teeth anally while in the <laughs> middle of a live stream. It all came off a little bit unhinged to the casual audience. This may just appear to be another layer to the elder statesman. After all, he's been under a microscope for nearly two decades. Personally, I think this is just Daniel in his rawest, most unapologetic form. For years, Kid Poker was what the public saw, but this new, vulnerable, more transparent version of Daniel, through and through, and unfortunately, that comes with a certain level of petty, vindictive behavior that is more reflective of a petulant child than it is a nearly 50-year-old ambassador of the game we all love. When I took issue with Jonathan's post, I was very intentional to clearly state what my stance was. Nothing was personal, nothing disparaging about his business, ability to play, or to coach. Was my tone harsh? Probably. But we're all adults in a competitive business, and I would expect everybody to have thicker skin than this. Perhaps it's not my place to play logic police, but personally, I feel an obligation to ensure the public info spread in this community, be it strategy or ethics, is scrutinized and is truthful. When Daniel went on the offensive and called my character and competency into question, along with the dozen of people that I employ, I was disappointed. Not because it was unexpected or even because I consider us friends, but because the mental, the mental bar I had set for Daniel was so high. This is the biggest platform in our space, and he's utilizing it to tear down anything and everything he disagrees with in passing. To do so under some sort of honor in defending the little guy, who in this case is Jonathan, someone whose platform is as large or larger than mine, is just rationalizing bad behavior. Fact is, Daniel had never stood up for the little guy. At least not in recent history, and that saddens me. He failed us as an ambassador with stars. He's currently failing us at GG, staying completely silent as the online arena crumbles around us. Instead of supporting a new female voice in Jamie Kerstetter during the 2019 World Series coverage, he took to his platform to remind everybody that she wasn't good enough. Just as he's reminding everyone now that neither I nor our coaches have his MTT pedigree. 
In our hundredth episode, I reflected deeply on the responsibilities that come with having an applied, having an amplified platform. I was regretful and apologetic for not being mindful of the cost that comes with engaging publicly with smaller, less amplified voices in heated debates where their bigger point was ultimately gave way to personal attacks or value judgments. That was a big step forward in how I approach both the podcast and my social media. Does that mean I believe we shouldn't be able to speak out? If you watch this show at all, you know I don't believe that to be true. But it does mean that it's imperative we keep our eye on the ball and keep the conversation within the constraints of good faith. This means no appealing to authority, no ad hominems, no moving of the goalpost. We need to do better. I need to do better. I believe that conflict is good, and I believe that two competing ideas can be respectfully disagreed with. Unfortunately, in today's social media landscape, rarely do these disagreements play out favorably. I recognize and own my own failures in these conflicts. I also recognize and own that I believe in the power of debate. So though I won't fully disengage, I do hope to engage in good faith. Love him or hate him, Dean Eggs is to this day the most important figure in our industry. And for that, his flaws can be impossible to ignore. Though I still have a lot of love for Daniel, I don't respect his unwillingness to engage with openness and curiosity, and I refuse to engage with his attacks and appeal to authority. I can sympathize with feeling the pressure of being under a microscope 24-7, and I empathize with feeling like the game is moving so goddamn fast, and the feeling of being displaced when suddenly all of your peers are half your age. I always love and respect Kid Poker for everything he's contributed to the game, He's an inspiration and has influenced every interaction I've ever had with a fan or young up-and-coming player. I hope the next generation can find the same inspiration from all the good that he's done. But I hope that they don't ignore the collateral damage and the bodies that he's left in the wake. We'll see you guys all tomorrow. Later, squad. Peace.